Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. to minister today on I guess the message that I was either going to preach on Saturday but the ladies were going to but then we didn't have any preaching but then I was going to preach it on Sunday and it's still a good word and so pastor encouraged me to go ahead and speak it uh, to, to minister this today because the, our conference was on warriors and I don't know how you feel but I have been so impacted by Ukraine I I have just marveled at this country. And one of the reasons that Pastor Daryl and I love it so much, we did a ladies' conference there and then spoke in churches on Sunday and church on Sunday. And, and so we got to be in that beautiful, beautiful country and, and be in Kiev and see that beautiful city and, and meet some of the people. But what just amazes me and what makes a strong church is what makes a strong country. You see how the president of that country has refused to allow the enemy to rule over them. And his people, they love their country and they're standing up for their country. And what's been interesting is they haven't asked for anybody else to come fight the war. But they have asked for weapons because they needed more weapons. And see, I believe that the church of Jesus Christ can learn from this. I've been taking mental notes over and over, and it is so ministered to me because, see, whether we want to believe it or not, we are in a warfare, never like we have ever seen before in our day and our time, not taking away from our parents and grandparents that went through things that we didn't know, not taking away from the Vietnam War, not taking away from any of the world wars. But I'm saying there is a spiritual war that is going on that's very parallel to what we're seeing, what our eyes are seeing, what our young people are seeing, hearing, and possibly going to experience a whole lot. And uh, this is not a doomsday message, but it is one that says we need to choose what we're going to do. We need to choose on how, what stance are we going to take. And so I've titled this Warriors, Winners, Whiners, and Wimps. Now, isn't that a beautiful title for a Sunday morning? Because I know we have no wimps in here. Now, wait a minute, though. I have to back up because we've, I've been every one of those. And you can probably say so, too. You know, don't point at the person next to you or somebody else. We've all been that sometimes. I've been wimpy in my faith. I used to have all kinds of parties, and, and nobody came but myself. But I played my own violin. I mean, I really, I, I did. I was one of the scariest cats of scaredy cats and lived with so much fear. But there's been times, even as I've grown in Christ, that that wimpy whatever, I want to fall back into it. There's been times, you know, where feel sorry for me for a second was okay. And I always say, you know, you feel sorry for yourself. You know, it's okay. We all, you know, battle is battle. War is war. And hurt is hurt. And pain is pain. And it hurts to feel pain, no matter how it is. But we don't stay there. You know, we can, uh, if we whine very long, we end up a wimp. And so we got to be careful about our whining. And so I'm going to hopefully help all of us to quit whining quite so much and make sure that 
we don't end up wimpy because the enemy wants to find our vulnerabilities. That's what he works on all the time is what are our vulnerabilities. And But I do believe and I do know without a fact that in this house we have a lot of warriors. I know that we do because I know so many of your stories. And we celebrate you, the warriors, today. I'm trying to come up a little bit just because I don't like my heel hanging in the back. Now, I could take these boots off, and I keep on, I might. Uh, but the Word of God tells us that we are more than conquerors. How many believe that the Word of God is the final truth of who you are? If you do not believe the Word of God, the final word of who you are, you are going to wimp out every time. But we have the opportunity to take the battles because the battles are all around us. Every one of us, we find ourselves in not one but two or three. But we've got to understand that we don't have to stay whiners and we don't have to stay a wimp. But we can understand who we are in Christ. We are more than conquerors through Christ and that that is the plan for us. Now, we all celebrate the winners, right? You know, you know when um, I, I'm not a football fan. I have to ask everybody when I'm supposed to say yes and when I get excited and when I don't because I don't have a clue. You know, all I know is that there's some lines out there and these guys keep trying to get that ball over the line and then the next thing you know they're going, over here and it's like I don't know just tell me uh, is our team winning or are we losing you know it's kind of like that that's kind of how what I know but we do enjoy the winners I mean they're, they're the ones that get uh, aren't they the ones that gets the big rings and aren't they the one that gets you know they end up in the hall of fame and all that kind of stuff so we all celebrate them right but you don't ever have a celebration for a wimp right there's no celebration going on for any wimps around the world I don't, now maybe, now you all may know something I don't know. There might be a wimp theater, uh, a museum somewhere. I don't know. If there is, we may be in there. I don't know. <laughs> but, but let's change it. Let's, let's change it. We don't want to be in the wimp theater or, uh, museum, right? We don't want there. But we're kind of, we enjoy the winners, but we're kind of irritated by the wimps, right? I get, who can use a wimp? I mean, really, what, what use are, you know, what use are they? But anyway, we, we've all had our struggles. And, and, uh, but how can we crown someone a champion? How can we say that someone is a winner unless we've seen them struggle and see them overcome to be a winner? Because who do you look at in the Word of God? It's men and women. The Hebrew, uh, you know, hero of faith. We look at it. It's them that we draw our strength. And we look at that and we see how they made it, how they overcome. And we see that the word of God is relevant to us and to our situations today. And so uh, how could we know the courage of a warrior unless he had endured the adversity of a battle? How will we know until we see the end of the Ukrainian war exactly how they're going to come out? But I know one thing. I don't see a whole lot of wimps because the wimps are getting fired. When they're tucking tail and they're running, I'm telling you what, the leader is saying, you're not of any use to us right now. We can't be distracted with you. We need warriors. We need men and women that would dare to believe that we have a right to be free. And we have to understand that the enemy of our soul, the one goal that he has is to put us in bondage and keep us so that we're not free. That's his whole goal is he doesn't want you to have any kind of freedom, any kind of victories. That is what he is always 
after. How do we know what a whiner is unless trouble breaks out and all they do is complain? I'm going to move on. How do you know what a wimp is until you've seen them put their faith in the fear and they put it in the in uh, uh, the heart disease or they put it in the cancer or they put it in a failed marriage or they put it in whatever and they put their faith in fear and, and ignore the problem, which the problem sometimes is ourself, but they're hoping that someone else will come along and solve and confront and resolve the issues of their life. That's what wimps do. These characteristics, like I said a while ago, it describes any of us at some point in our lives. Job 5 and 7, it says, People are born for trouble as readily as sparks fly up from a fire. A, born, a man, a woman born to trouble, there is no shortage of struggle in this life. Have we all found that out? Have you lived longer than, uh, well, some babies, two or three years old, are suffering terrible or even younger by abuse? But for the knowledge, we've all, every one of us, have been through situations. We can turn on the news and we can see right before our eyes that there is a global economic political conflict. They are here and they are there. Some today are struggling with questions in your own personal lives and you need answers to them. They're mountains that are bigger than you can climb. I would encourage you, if you didn't listen to the Friday night message, go and listen to that message because we talked about how warriors, they go out, they don't stay hid. They get up and they walk toward whatever the battle is. They walk toward it and they declare, I will not be defeated. I will not be denied because Jesus Christ paid the price for me so that I can be totally made whole. The question we ask ourselves is, what role am I going to play in every time there's a conflict? What role do I play? When it's inside my home, how do I act? What role do I play? Will I engage like a warrior or am I going to keep on whining like a whiner, complain like a whiner? Will I ignore it like a wimp or would I be what God created to me? I believe there's warriors in the house. I believe there's warriors watching online. I believe there's men and women that say, uh-uh, no, I'm not going to take a backseat to the enemy because this is the time when God's calling his warriors out. He said, I repositioned you and I've moved you up in the line and I brought you up to a little bit higher level and I want to take you somewhere you haven't gone before. But you're going to have to be willing to climb up and be, let the enemy see you and say, oh, okay, here I am. That's what I preached on Friday night. David or Jonathan and his armor bearer, they climbed up just so the Philistines could see them. And, dare, and they said, if they said, come on up, then we know that we're going to win this battle. I'm telling you what, the enemy will try to get you to go toe-to-toe with him. And we're going to talk about that. Do I have a more than a conqueror mentality through Christ who strengthens me to run the race? Is that my mentality? Is that your mentality? If it's not, I suggest today because we get to choose. We choose this day what we're going to serve. Are we going to serve in the wimp soup line, the whiner soup line, or are we going to be the ones that's going to serve up the devil and tell him, take this? No, no, I don't want your packages because I know that the greater one lives inside of me. And the greater one says that I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Do I have that conqueror mentality. God's looking for warriors in their home to die. Hebrews 11, 32, 33. 
What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah. Also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the minds, the mouth of the lion. What more can I say, the writer of Hebrews put, all about these. These are examples for us. These are people that lived in some horrible times. These are people that had huge challenges come in their life. But you and I were born to win when we take Jesus Christ in faith. It is a faith walk. It is not a fear walk. It's a faith walk. And when we can release our fear and let faith in the Word of God begin to motivate us and begin Begin to move us, it will change our life. The word said, Old things have passed away. Behold, look, I all things have become new. No matter what our past has been to the prior of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the day that you received him, you were born to win. Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus says, Have faith in God. And that's what Hebrews, where we just read a while ago to you, you will see the topic of warriors in here. In the book of Judges, if you've uh, read it much in the book of Judges, you will see all of these different ones, the warriors, the winners, the whiners, and the wimps. Not only is Judges a good book to read, I would encourage you to go back ever so often. I love the New Testament, and we that's what we live by. Thank God we're in the New Testament. But there are a lot of examples in the Old Testament that are found in the New Testament. So I'm talking about judges here, but I just read to you out of Hebrews because it's in the New Testament. Gideon uh, is where uh, Hebrews 11 uh, talks about Gideon. Gideon was familiar with who Samson was, and he was familiar who Barak was. Gideon was a judge who defeated the Amalek. Amalekites. When God introduces us to Gideon, the angel of the Lord, when you read Judges, and you'll find out the angels of the Lord come to him and said, Behold, look, mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. And here is uh, this mighty man of valor, Gideon, who's thinking, Who, me? I'm a mighty man of valor? Well, then if I am, then if the Lord is is with me, then why isn't he moving? Where are the miracles? But if there's an angel standing right in front of you today, and I'm not that angel, I promise you, but if the Spirit of the Lord is standing in front of you today and talking to you and calling you a mighty warrior, a mighty man, a mighty woman of valor, and telling you that God is with you, and that's what I'm telling you, then why would we whine? Why would we give up and why would we give in? Judges 4, verses 6 through 7, tells us about a guy that is a wimp. God told Barak. Now, Barak, remember, I just read about him in Hebrews, so I know I'm in Judges, but Hebrews tells you I'm not just preaching Old Testament here this morning. Barak was mentioned, and God told Barak to go fight General Sisera. Sisera had the largest army of chariots in the Old Testament. And God says, go fight and you will win. If God tells you to fight the good fight of faith, that means you will win if you don't wimp out. I want to say that again. 
If God tells you to fight the good fight of faith. Now, where do we find that at? Where do we find fight the good fight of faith? In the New Testament. In Timothy, yeah. So, New Testament, right? Okay. If God is telling us in the New Testament, because we're living in the New Testament, right? That's where we're living at. But the New Testament tell us, tells us the very thing that's being said back here in Judges. God told him, said, go fight and you will win. Barak went, wimped out until Deborah, the prophetess, showed up and spoke up. In verse 8 of uh, Judges 4, Deborah says back to him, if Barak says to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. He's a wimp. And she called him out, saying, Barak, God's already told you, basically. Barak, I, God's already told you to do this. He was a wimpy soldier. He was afraid. He was scared. The angel of the Lord had already spoke. God had already spoke and said, Barak, go win. Go on out. I'll be with you. God's telling us all the time, I know you got problems. I know you got troubles. I know you got struggles. But let me be with you. Let me be that what that which you need. Let me fight your battles for you. He was a soldier. Barak was a soldier, but he was not a warrior. He says, if you will go with me. And Deborah looks at Barak in verse 9. She said, let's go. For God will deliver Sisera into the hand of a woman. I'm glad God used women back then, and he's still using women today. When I first started preaching, I didn't know if I believed in women preachers or not. But I did believe in the anointing. So God takes care of the rest of it. And we, you read on in the story, and you find out that Barak did win over the army of Sisera. But he did not kill Sisera. And there was a woman named Jael. She was a warrior. And she took down Sisera. Judges 5, 17 through 22 is a good story, but I'm going to read verse 21. Jael took a tent peg and a hammer in her hand and drove the peg through his temple down to the earth. And the Bible says, and so he died. So he died because someone dared to stand up to the bully because he was a bully. And God says, I don't want that bully ruling over my people. There is an enemy that tries to bully your children all the time. There's an enemy that gets in your home and he tries to bully. He's at school and he tries to bully. He tries to bully people on their jobs. He tries to bully the church of, the Jesus, of Jesus Christ all the time. This woman, J.L., she was the original Thor with a hammer. And you all thought it started with men, didn't you? She was the original Thor. She was the superhero. Another man was Samson, and he was a warrior. But he allowed his emotions to override him and forgot where his strength comes from. Church, we got to remember where our strength comes from. We got to get our emotions in check. I know we're emotional people, but we have got to get our emotions in check. No one else can, uh, can be in charge of your emotions except you. We're going to give you some weapons here in a minute. 
Every warrior who forgets where his strength comes from will not win. The stories in the book of Judges are parallel to the world in which we are living today. The Israelites, they were in a bad place. They were in a rut. They were stuck in life. And our country and many countries right now in a bad place. You ignoring it isn't going to make it go away. We want to stick our heads in the sand and pretend that nothing's going on. But it is not going to exempt you, child of God, from taking, for taking a stand for the kingdom of God. Judges 2 and 10. Now, there, now when that generation also were gathered to their fathers, they died. This is after Joshua. They died and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And the Bible here is speaking about the Joshua Caleb generation who spied out the land, who knew, who endured well. Caleb and Joshua, they endured well. I mean, they were determined. You know, Caleb, when he was 80, he said, give me that mountain. I am as convinced today as I was when I was 40 that that mountain belongs to me. And that was his attitude. But these two mighty men, we know they were warriors. They were warriors for God. We know that Joshua in 24, 15 told his generation, if it seems right to you to serve other gods, go ahead and do it. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, that's a warrior. That's a warrior's house. That's a warrior's attitude. But there was no, something was wrong when that warrior died. The Bible says another generation grew up after him and did not know, nor the work that God had done in Israel. There was no one there to teach them the spiritual tools to resist the enemy. I preached on Friday night of the conference about blacksmiths and how Israel had to go to the Philistine to get their weapons sharpened. Who's sharpening your weapon, child of God? Who's protecting your home? Who's saying, no, you can't have my child? No, you cannot take my marriage. No, you cannot, devil, you're not having my mind. Uh-uh. No, no, who's sharpening? Are there any blacksmiths in the house today? Yes, there are men and women that want to teach. They want to prepare you for what the enemy would try to do to your home, to your family. But you've got to learn how to sharpen some tools. It wasn't that this generation hadn't heard the stories about great-grandfather and how they got out of Egypt. It wasn't because they hadn't heard how Joshua got across the Jordan River. They had the reminders. They had all the reminders. They could look around and they could see reminders. They had reminders in the Jordan River. There were 12 stones that were set. It reminded them that God had rolled back the waters to the right and to the left. So they heard those stories. They knew. They also knew that there was a pile of rubble at a place called Jericho that reminded them that God had brought those walls down with a short walk and a shout of obedience. So they heard the stories. They knew. This generation knew who, who God was, but they were acting as if he didn't exist. We live in a society that knows who God is. But a lot are acting like he doesn't exist. We know how God got our grand grandparents and parents through the struggles. And into an era of prosperity. We saw, we heard the stories about the Great Depression. We heard all about it. 
And we also got to live to see America become a prosperous nation. But we've used the prosperity he's given us to almost destroy us. I know this is, this is a heavy kind of message. But it's not going to stay heavy because God's warriors are arising. God's warriors are standing and they're saying, uh-uh, no, devil, no. Many have forgotten where their blessings come from, but we got to understand that we're the sheep of this pastor. And he's the Lord, our God, that all good things come from him, the food that we eat, the house we live in, the strength that you have to get up and go every day, that comes from God. To go to work, God has poured out on you so many things. He has blessed us. The breath we breathe is from him. This is the air that I breathe. And it's all because of him. The era of judges was a time when men can't kind. Yeah, they forgot about God. And it was also a time when every man kind was kind of a law unto itself. Does it sound like today? Because there is, when there is no law, people cast off the truth of God's word. And lawlessness abounds no longer can we brag about how our society is such a great society, law-abiding citizens. Because every day, children, adults and teens are killed in our streets. Hate crimes. People hate so easily. Pull that word out of your mouth and put love in. Or kindness. Pull that hate word out of your mouth. I hate this. I hate that. Stop it. Stop it. Do not use the word hate. It's profane. It's a cursing. It's not from God. See, as your pastors, we have to sound the alarm sometimes. Some are just hateful and mean-spirited and have taken over the souls of many. And we can see it in our country. Somebody else is pulling the strings. We have a broken system, and lawlessness is rampant. The children of Israel is such an example to us, but they not only suffered social chaos, but there were also great political struggles that they continued to fight. Can you see the parallels today? You know, our struggle in America America is not because we have a two-party system. That pretty well governs. That's not our problem. Political struggles because of disobedience of the righteous. It's coming back to us, church. Who are we going to be? How have we been disobedient? If Christians vote biblical convictions, there's no way that we have judges and leaders that support abortion. God, we're sorry. We repent. How could we have disobeyed if we had voted what the Bible says? In Judges 2, 2 and 3, the children of Israel were given one commandment. One commandment they were given, just one, when they went into the promised land. And that was they were to drive out all of the inhabitants. 
That's what God told them to do. The angel of the Lord come to them and says, because you have not done this, God says, I will not drive them out before you, but they will be thorns in your side and their God will be a snare to you. If we don't take back what the enemy has stolen from the church, it's going to continue to be a snare for the church. For hundreds of years, Israel is stuck in this rut of trouble. And it seems the dates of our top of our newspaper change, but the headlines do not. Because of these words, thousands of years ago, and it's very true today, Proverbs 29.2 says, Righteous exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to many people. When the righteous are in authority, people rejoice. So interested because when the wicked rule, the people groan and they moan. Today, even though the Israelites thousands of years ago were stuck, today we're seeing people are stuck. And we're going to talk about that system just a little bit. Because their enemies, the Israelites, led their children into captivity. Believe me when I say this. There are people in our nation who want to control everything, especially our children. There's a godless culture in adulthood that refuses to change. So it's up to us. It's up to the church. It's up to us to be the blacksmiths. It's up to us to be the teachers. It's up to us to vote. It's up to us to get in, in into some offices. If God's called you into to serve your country somehow, do it. If you can do it God's way. It can only get worse until we determine that the enemy cannot have our children. The world system has belittled and devastated the traditional and the conventional home. Never has there been fathers so made up, uh, made fun of on TV as there, uh, the lack, uh, uh, making fun of them, the old man. All the things that degrade a father in a home. Who was it that started that stuff? Who is it that calls parents not to be honored and respected, leaders to be honored and respected. It's because they had no respect for themselves. They bought into what the world, world was saying about them. We can look back over the last 40 or 50 years and families have been destroyed with selfishness. Divorce is as high in the church as it is in the world. Children don't want to work. They just want to borrow and buy. That's because we've taught them how to do that. I need to say, oh, how I love Sister Rhodes like Pastor does, right? <laughs> I know y'all love me. How do we get unstuck? How do we get unstuck? We quit acting like God doesn't exist. We make him at the center of everything that we are and everything that we do in our home. He's in the middle. And everything is governed from that middle. And it goes out. And we proclaim daily to our families, to our children. Our Bible's not filled with free advice, but with the truth. It's got good advice, but it's the truth. God is calling us, you, me, to bring change. We can't ignore what we've been too afraid to change. 
we must decide that we're warriors, that we're called into the army of God because we cannot change what we refuse to confront. We have to admit that maybe we haven't been the best parents in the world. We have to admit that maybe we were, we're a bratty teenager and we're acting like fools when we know better. We're disrespectful to our mom and our dad and we let it, we let it spill out of our mouth as if it's gospel and it's truth. But no, honey, it's not. It's disrespect and the enemy has you set up. Ignoring what's going on in the world doesn't mean that innocent people aren't being slaughtered by a madman. Ignoring the fact that sex trafficking and drug trafficking is after our children and our grandchildren. Whether your problems are big and small, we have to make up our mind to be a warrior. Warriors using God's strengths becomes winners in the war over the enemy. We can't do this in ourselves. We're nothing in ourselves. But when he, he says, I empower you to go forth, whiners and wimps never have a warrior mental mentality or attitude. But a warrior is never concerned about how many enemies they are out there. Remember I told you about the two young men, Jonathan and his armor bearer. When they went up, they had one, only one sword, no other weapons. But with that one sword, they slayed 20 Philistines. God gave them the victory. We got to know when we go into battle that we're going to get the victory because we're not going to stop until we get it. We're not going to quit praying. We're not going to quit reading the word. Worshippers say, he will fight my battles as I worship and as I praise him. We don't feel our way into being a warrior. You don't feel like a warrior, and that's okay. You choose to be a warrior. We choose what comes out of our mouth. Okay, I got three things that I'm going to get out of here. Three things every warrior needs. Number one, you might want to write this down because most of you probably won't go back and listen to the message. But there's a lot of good things sometimes God will speak and we just let it go. When if we would take hold of it and understand that God's given to us exactly what we need. Number one, every warrior must remember what he is whiting what he is fighting for. What are you fighting for? What are you a warrior for? Hebrews 11, we read that before. It says, what more can I say? And then the scripture goes and talks about all these people. The first on the list is King David. What more can I say about him? You know, we meet him as a, a boy in 1 Samuel 17. Verse 29, he's standing on a hillside overlooking the valley, and Goliath is at the bottom of the valley. Goliath is mocking. He's taunting Israel. And Goliath makes an offer. I want you to know the enemy will always try to get you to compromise. He'll always make an offer to us. Always. He said, send down a man to face me. And if he beats me, I will be your slave. If I beat him, we will be your slave. Sounds like a good deal to him, right? He's this big, big guy. And back then, you, you know, we need to, to know, like David, that the future Goliath, that one that was down there talking and yelling, wanted to enslave whoever won the duel. Because back then, they usually dueled between two, two people. And whoever won the fight, their country won. So Goliath, he was the 
you know, he was the big guy. And so whoever wanted to come and fight him, well, the Philistines were going to win, of course, and the Israelites were scared to death. Goliath wanted Israel to lose because he wanted again to use them for his purpose. David was emboldened with courage because he remembered what he was fighting for. In verse 29 of 1 Samuel 17, he asked his older brother, is there not a cause for us to stand against this giant? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason why somebody isn't fighting? Is there somebody doing something? And David's thinking, God didn't bring us out of Egypt to hand this over to this big loudmouth. Y'all listening to him bellow and you're not doing anything about it? Is there not a cause? Didn't God deliver us and bring us across the Red Sea? Didn't he feed us and clothe us and keep our clothes for all those years and send fire to lead us by night and, and, and uh, a cloud by day? And didn't he give us water from a rock? And we're just going to hand, hand everything over to Goliath? And I want to say something to you parents right now and to all of us, it, it, for all of us. The more we sow truth into our children, the more they will recognize a lie. Okay, I want to say that again. You might want to write this down. The more we sow truth, the word of God, into our children, the more they will recognize a lie. Is there not a cause? Remember what you're fighting for. You're fighting for your family. It's a great reason for us to see our children and a generation around us to honor God and respect his, teach, his teachings. Your marriage, is there not a cause? Do you understand that it's the devil that's trying to destroy your marriage? Do you understand that the devil, if he can get you whimpering and whining, you'll lose if you'll complain? You can't stay married winning arguments. I hate to tell you that. You stay married by get, learning to grow up and love like Jesus does. You forgive each other and you love like Jesus loves you. That's how you stay in a marriage. Not because it's easy, but because it's right. You may win some fights, but you'll lose the war if you're not a warrior because a warrior will not lose his home. It's a war in the heavenly place that wants to destroy our families. Number two, everything that a, number two, that you need to know, warrior needs to know, you need to have a battle plan. We become a winner when we have a strategy. David went to the creek and he carefully chose five stones. And we know that David was skilled. He took four extras for the big bad brothers, maybe. Or maybe he was just sending a message. It's like, ah, I'm good at the, I'm pretty good at the slingshot. Nah, no, I only need one. He had confidence because that was his God that was being mocked. Hey, it's our God that's being mocked right now. It's our God that is being mocked and thrown in the face and trying to stop the Christians. I'm telling you, Christian parents are under attack. Some of you, we're in a wonderful neighborhood. Thank God for it. But I'm telling you that there are parents that the school systems are trying to get their children. 
Because this thing that's happening that we're seeing, it's been going on for a long time. It's not just right now happening. It's been going, the devil is just being emboldened. He was sending a message. It's interesting how we think God, think God can't fix our marriages with the word. Get you five good scriptures for every battle you face. Get you five stones. Get you five scriptures. If you're sick, get five healing scriptures. If you're financially in trouble, get you five good scriptures. And you, every day, you declare what the word of God says over your finances. You declare every day what the word of God says over your marriage. Get you five good scriptures. They're in there. Get you five good scriptures over your marriage. You repeat those every day. You say the word of God. You choose what comes out of your mouth. I know it only takes one faith-filled word to stop a giant in our life. But it's good to have some backup because there's some other imps that want to come. They always want to come. So get prepared. The word means I must change. I must let God work. Word, do the work in me. Interesting that the Philistines put their champion out front. No one could match Goliath. But David's plan was strategically. I'm going to let my slingshot and rock hit him where it hurts. And that's what we have to do. We have to let the word of God work where it hurts the enemy. Because he does not like the name of Jesus. He does not like the word of God. And so we have got to speak to him and speak to our situations. The enemy, Goliath. He wanted to get David to come toe-to-toe with him. He said, but I'm going to stay out of his reach. Now, this is a message in itself. we got to learn to stay out of the devil's territory. Because Goliath, Goliath wanted, come on up here, boy. Yeah, come on up here. But, but David had a strategy. He knew that if he got close to him, he was going to be in trouble. But he knew that if he would stay a safe distance, we got to learn to keep a safe distance from the world. If it don't need to be in your house, don't let it in your house. If it doesn't need to be said, don't say it. We have got to grow up and learn to use what God has given us. Just like any enemy who's trying to destroy you in your home, he's tempting you to come near him. Man, I, could, I would love to just preach this message. What are some ways that he tries to come to get you to come in close and you compromise? You, this is for those out there, no, no, nobody in here. But he tempts you and draws you into pornography. Come a little bit closer. Come on, come a little closer. It's not going to hurt. Nobody's going to know. It's all right. Come on in a little closer. When we have a choice, whether we... I know that it's hard to push words back in our mouth when we've said things we shouldn't, but we got to learn to apologize and we got to learn to use the word on ourselves and speak to the powers of darkness because the enemy's trying to tempt you to come close. David said, You've come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. We have to do our part, but we come into battle in Jesus' name. We don't go by ourselves. In every conflict, we have a choice to be a warrior, to be a winner, to be a whiner, and a wimp. What are you? Number one, remember what you're fighting for. 
You're fighting for those youngsters underneath you. You're fighting for some kids that they're not yours. But it matters that you stand up for them. Number two, you need a battle plan. And the battle plan is the word of God. I'm going to speak the word of God over my situation. I'm done with whining. Some people need to throw in their whiners today. I, I'm, I'm serious. There's some people needs to repent of whining. You've whined against God. You've whined against your wife. You've whined against your husband. You've whined against your children. You have whined against your parents. You've whined against your finances. You've whined against your mother-in-law. You have whined and you whined and you're a wimp. That's only those on TV. Let's watch your platform. Are you sitting there? Then God's got your number, huh? It's time that we know who we are in Christ. Number three, remember whose strength you're fighting with. I don't have to do this in my strength because I don't have it, but he does. Would you stand to your feet? Dwayne, would you come? That song that we sung earlier today, we have got to learn to open our mouth and praise God. We've got to learn that it is one of our weapons. We can praise and we can worship and we can take the word of God and we can sing the word of God. I thank you, Lord, that you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging for bread. I thank you that your blessings overtake me. Going in and going out, God, you're always blessing me. I thank you, Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus I am healed. I thank you, Lord, that I shall live and not die. And I will declare the wonderful works of the Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank Thank you that my marriage is blessed. I thank you, Father, that I'm learning how to be kind-hearted and gentle and kind. I thank you, Lord, that I'm forgiving, and I will not hold those things against Pastor that he has done to me. Oh, no, I will not. We have got to learn who we are in Christ. And we're going to have an altar service this morning. I told you when I started, we've all whined. We've all wimped out. But God's calling a warriors. He's calling for warriors. There's a lot of things we can't fix. But we can change. See, the word of God is like a two-edged sword. It, it cuts. It cuts. The word of God coming out of your mouth is going to cut some things off of you. It's going to change some things. We're going to look at things different. We're going to look at people different. We're going to look at our household different. We're going to look at those that are watching you. You have people that are watching you. You know what's kept my feet to the fire? You. If I had quit and I had given up, where would you be? If I had thrown in the towel when things got hard, where would you be? That's what every one of us ought to ask ourselves about those that's around us in our home, our family, our scope of influence. That's what we got to do. We curse what God is trying to bless. 
God wants to bless you. He comes to you. He visits you. And he tells you things. And you get it right. And you begin to speak. And that other imp comes back. And because you don't have four more stones to throw at the enemy, then you begin to agree with what he's telling you. I'm just going to say, just come. Just come. Let God do whatever we need him to do in this place. God, we want to be the warriors that you called us to be. We want to be the winners that you called us to be. It's so important that we reach the generations around us. It's so important, oh God, that we have healthy homes. It's so important, oh God. Yes. Oh, yes, there is. Break every chain. Break every chain. Every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, there's an army. Oh, thank you for the army of the Lord in this house, oh God. Thank you for the warriors. Oh, we repent, oh God, of our wimpiness, our whininess. Oh, because God, we can't fulfill what you want us to do unless we get your mentality. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. This. Before we go off the air today, I just want to say to all of you that's there that you found yourself in this message. We all found ourselves in this message. Ask the Lord. Ask Jesus to forgive you. And choose. Choose to keep the stones of the word of God on your lips, coming out your mouth. We love you. God bless you. We just pray that God ministers to you, brings healing and wholeness to your households. Fight like a warrior. Fight like somebody that knows that without a shadow of a doubt that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That this battle that was meant to take me out is going to be my testimony. Again, I will give glory. I will give praise to God for what he has done. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today at At The Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At The Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At The Table with Darlene.